If you listen and enjoy our show, we're in the middle of a fundraising drive. So if you could go to thebillshow.net, go and press the patron button, you can sponsor us. And that would help pay for stuff. Click the patron button. You'll be glad you did. You'll get a nice warm feeling down in the bottom of the cockles of your heart. And now, on with the show. Hello, it's Bernie here. Evidently, Bill and Randy want me to tell you people that you shouldn't listen to the show at work or in front of kids because they're swearing. Swearing in the show. There's a few fucks, a few shits, and some words I can't even pronounce. And I'm almost sure that they are drunk, but they're still not part of the 2%. What are they going to play now? Loud music? Jesus, I don't need this crap. tell you how happy it is to see you. Oh, I mean, I'm actually seeing you. I'm actually seeing you. You are. Uh, I don't know if the uh, the listener knows it or not, but the fact is, is that we do this recording, even though we are, what, 200 kilometers apart. Yes, we by, do. By Zoom. Zoom. And, uh, Zoom. You're sitting in your, in your, uh, you're sitting in the. My palatial uh, study. My palatial study. You're sitting on Abraham Lincoln's lap. Uh, oh, that's right. I've got one of those projections behind me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting in Trump's cell. Um, well, you know the, why uh, I, I hunted this one out the other day? Because uh, I last show I had Driftglass and Blue Gal on, and I wanted to give Driftglass the illusion that he was at MSNBC. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the sort of thing they have uh, for their backdrop? Yeah, that's what they have for their backdrop over at Morning Joe. Uh, so, listen, guys, uh, it's been a while, and uh, we have, we've 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 had a lot of of absolute things, and uh, I I have a list of stuff that I really wanted to discuss with you. So, I'm going to get right to the list right now. And Are we going to uh, have the news first. Well, well. <laughs> This is this the here's the here's the uh, the news that has been coming through so far is that just yeah. recently, as you know, uh, people in the Democratic Party are having a tiz. They're going crazy. They don't know. Shall we stay with? Shall we stay with Biden? Is he too old? And then we had a uh, we had an NBC uh, poll uh, that came out that said that. At this time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Trump is ahead in their poll of polls, 46 to 44%. Should Democrats panic? And that is our topic of discussion. 
right now. Should Democrats panic or, as David Axelrod says, get somebody else? And let's discuss. Randy? Well, uh, who is some who is somebody else? I wouldn't. I would not. I would not dump Biden. I think Trump could run against that chicken in the fifties that had half its head cut off and lose. Yeah, I don't. Trump is electable. Uh, he's saying such horrible things. Uh, do you know who his running mate is going to be? Uh, I have no idea. I bet Tucker it's not. Uh, uh, what's that? You heard me, Tucker no, Carlson. You, Tucker Carlson is not going to be running. With he, he, it is, uh, he's already announced it. And Mr. Swanson, Mr. Who Mr. announced TV it? Dinners, Who Mr. announced TV dinners. Mr. TV dinners. Uh, I heard it not, night before last. Mr. TV dinners is going to be Trump's running mate. Well, that that's not official yet. Oh, well, no, nothing's official because he has no nomination. So, but I, yeah. I, 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 it sounds so plausible. You think that TV dinners, Mr. TV dinners, <laughs> is going to be his running mate, Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, even though he was an an idiot, the one of the most popular things on Fox News, and all the Trumpledites watched Fox, watched Fox News, and watched Tucker Carlson. So that's who I think. Uh, it's totally plausible that Mr. Swanson TV dinners is going to be the candidate. So, but do you think that the Democrats should be panicking about Biden? No, no, no. I think maybe if they want to look at other people, and if Biden himself says, "Look, I, I you're right. I'm throwing in the towel, um, and I'm passing the sputtering torch to dot 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 fill in the blank." Who do you think? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Kamala, should Kamala step in and not only be the... No, no, she hasn't been given much... Yeah, I I think she's she's there to... She's 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 purposely kept in the back room. You think? You think she's... She was getting too much of a profile from day one. When she, as vice president, more people... She was rating higher than Biden. So they said, look, look, dear, uh, look, sweetheart. Um, no, they wouldn't have said that. Did you make us a cup of coffee and then retire to the back room? Oh no, no. no. I, I think. Oh, yes, I yes, think yes, that, yes. but I do think that uh, they they should be using Kamala Harris much more. No, I think she she should be the attack dog, man. She should be going at uh, Trump every damn day. Uh, well, I don't actually. Think she could do it really, really well. Yeah. And but Gavin Newsom is uh making something. Guess who might run as a third party candidate and who's taking votes against Biden in the polls right now? Joe Kennedy, uh yeah. Kennedy Jr. is Robert, a third party. Robert Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Jr. Kennedy Jr. Jr. Sorry. Uh Joe's the good one. Uh Robert Kennedy Jr. is evidently uh getting a uh taking some votes away from Biden in the black communities in the recent polls, as well as uh, the possibility of Joe Manchin, Manchin, the uh, remember Joe Manchin, the uh, guy who blocked the entire uh, uh, Recovery Act with uh, yeah. Kristen Cinema. Yeah, well, guess what Joe's decided to do? He, he's going to retire right now, and he's thinking about getting getting into a third party. <laughs> you want to know where that money's coming from? <laughs> Tell me. 
Oh, Rushmore. sure. I mean, uh, look, uh, anybody who runs as a third party in this election is a stalking horse for Trump, period. That's it. You, you are, you are fucking with the idea of making a madman president of the United States. And anybody. Again, again, th- again. Any, again. But this time, this time, you know, all bets are off. He, he didn't get away with half the shit he wanted to do the first time. And he wants to get it the second time. Listen, the second thing I wanted to discuss was <laughs> we are in the back seat of a car driven by insane, deluded morons. <laughs> Discuss, <laughs> and as you know, because we live well, on this, it has auto drive. It has yeah. auto drive, yeah. And and uh, it's, a we, it's a Tesla. It's a Tesla, maybe. No, it's not. But we were like uh, talking uh, drift classic blue gal. Where and I were talking about the fact that really, if you're uh, overseas and you're an American, you look at the news with dread as to what America might do next, and. Uh, if Trump is to be elected president again, there's a great, great concern. Not only when you deal with the, the idea of uh, no progress on climate change, uh, as well as foreign policy that will be outright dangerous, encouraging places like China and Russia to, uh, to expand even more. Um, and North Korea. And North Korea, too. So, I mean, you're looking electing, electing a guy who's insane, President of the United States, to have nuclear nuclear warheads. Um, we are in in the backseat, and you look at that poll again, 48% to 46%. It amazes me. And uh, I, somebody once said, is, is it because of the intelligence of the American public? And you know what? And and that was brought up to me the other day. You guys stupid. No, I don't think we're stupid. But here are some things that I looked up. Uneducated. Uneducated. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's uh, uh, this is from the National Center. I have a Jeff Daniels tape again because that that sums it up. Jeff Daniels tape. So sum it up. Here's uh, this is uh, literacy in the United States. I got this said from the National Center of Education Statistics. And they talk about uh, uh, American literacy. 92% of American adults have at least a level one literacy in 2014. Nationally, over 20% of adult Americans have a literacy proficiency of below level one. That's 20% of the American public, millions of people. Adults in this range have difficulty using or understanding print materials. Those on the higher end of this category can perform simple tasks based on the information they read, but adults below level one may only understand very basic vocabulary or be functionally illiterate. According to the 2020 report by the U.S. Department of Education, 54% of the adults in the United States have English prose literacy below the sixth grade level, 54%. This may not be the cause, but this certainly lends itself to uh, an accelerant because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's easier. And when we look at the double banger of kind of uh, evangelicals, which I, you know, are totally in Trump's bag. I looked at this. This is from uh, the New Zealand Herald on Sunday. And evidently, 
<laughs> the more religious you are, the less likely you are to be intelligent. A new scientific study has found. <laughs> oh, no, I, mean, I know, I know. They publish this in New Zealand. If they publish this in America, they'd be run out of town. According to researchers, Christians, particularly fundamentalists who believe the Bible is God's word, have a lower IQ than those who are less religious. Possible reason behind the finding was a tendency for more intelligent people to challenge religious claims, said one of the researchers, New Zealand psychologist Professor Tim Bates. If you believe in religion, you haven't really questioned things. Brighter people were less likely to feel that religion plays a dominant role in their life. To reach the conclusion, researchers from the University of Edinburgh compared the results of responses from 2,300 adults of varying levels of religious belief. They rated themselves on a scale of 1 to 5 in response to a range of statements about their spirituality, religious identification practices, support mindfulness, and fundamentalism. Uh, to measure intelligence, researchers carried out tests on recall, memory, verbal fluency, processing, and reasoning. For example, participants were asked to recall a series of digits backwards or recite a list of words after a delay. The researchers found higher IQ scores were significantly associated with lower scores on the five of the six measures of religiosity. Okay, the strongest result was in the area of fundamentalist belief. Intelligence was an inoculation against fundamentalism. You reckon? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Because uh, well, being... I... go ahead. Discuss. Yeah, Here look. we go. Go for it. January 6th. Over half those people were college educated that attacked the Capitol yeah. building and broke in. Now you can't be. Well, I mean, some people can be college-educated and be illiterate. <laughs> that's proven. Yes, that's the true. Point is that I, I think these people uh, are blinded or blindsided by radical thought, and they just end up being carried along. Look, yeah. this is a country where 65, only 65% of people are inoculated against COVID. Still, still. Yeah, I know. Over 1.2 million people are dead, dead, dead. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, how can how can that show intelligence? Yeah, regardless of their belief in religion, they 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 keep saying, "I don't want to be a science experiment." Yeah, even though this was uh, this vac the vaccine is over twenty years old, um, I, I'm at a loss as to why. I mean, my mother, who I thought was reasonably intelligent and was. Um, and is uh, uh, had at least a half, most of a college education, still voted for Trump and still believed in him and still believes in him. Yeah. And, and is rusted onto Fox News. Right. Now, right. I think that's a sign, sign of a lack of intelligence to watch and believe everything you hear from Fox News. Well, it's a lack of, it's a lack of critical thinking. I'm not, you know, all I'm <laughs> saying is that you have to be pretty gullible with the evidence shown now from people inside his cabinet. Look, these are not, Trump is not being, uh, being uh, put up against the wall legally by uh, Democrats. This is all Republicans. They're all people who've worked for him. So you, you have to have a certain amount of brainwashing involved when the evidence is this much and you're still running around 
Loving this guy. The, the last thing I wanted to discuss tonight was um, before before we have uh, a little break, a little break. The last thing I wanted to discuss is uh, evidently, Randy, <clears throat> the people well, over at, the people over at Morning Joe and and the people in America who are in the political uh, elite who do these uh, shows, they've evidently just figured out that Trump's a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that he's a fascist. Not, not literally, not literally, not literally a Nazi, but you know, certainly a fascist. And 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 you and I, I went back, went back in the shows. We were talking about him being a fascist in 2016. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we said this. <laughs> That's what bothers me. And, name, and, we, and his name, real name was Drumpf. D R U M. Yes, that's right. Drumpf. Yeah, well, listen, I was, I was, I was watching, uh, I was reading the Salon, which I do sometimes. Fantastic website, Salon, and a guy named Chancy De Vega really, uh, he reported Chan Chancy De Vega over at Salon had an article that was very fascinating to me because uh, in his uh, rant the other day uh, in Florida, uh, Trump started quoting Hitler. It, it, all all bets are off, baby. All bets. Are, you're not. He doesn't have to hide the brand shirt anymore. He's out there. That that's it. We're 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 out and we're proud. Uh, at a rally in Hialeah, Florida, last Wednesday, Trump painted a picture of a hellish, predominantly white America, overrun by serial killers and other human monsters from foreign, foreign, and predominantly non-white countries, insisting that he could be the only one to save white America from the death and contamination caused by Democrats and the left. Uh, during his speech, he said, anyone here of Hannibal Lecter? Trump said to the crowd, he was a nice fellow, but that's what's coming into our country right now. Uh, John what? Erickson, yeah, Animal, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the shit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, the Atlantic's John Erickson, uh, did a little uh, brief on on Trump's speech, and uh, it went something like this. Uh, the leader of the Republican Party, and quite likely the 2024 nominee, was on an extended rant about mental institutions, prisons, and, to use his phrase, empty insane asylums. Speaking to thousands of diehard supporters at a rally in South Florida, Trump lamented that under President Joe Biden, the United States has become the dumping ground of the world, that he had casually praised the most infamous psychopathic serial killers in cinema history was pushed aside. This was a dystopian at times gothic speech. It droned on for 90 minutes. Trump attacked liars and leeches who have been sucking the life plot out of our country. Those unnamed people were similar to yet different from the rotten, corrupt, and tyrannical establishment in Washington. On Friday, in an interview with Univision, he tapped himself, Randy. Trump threatened to use the Department of Justice to put his political enemies in prison. I'm not going to do this as a joke. It's not a joke. They, this is, quote, they have done something that allows the next party, if I happen to be president, I see somebody's doing well and beating me very badly, I say, go down and indict him. They'd be out of business. They'd be out of the election. Trump also defended his regime's cruel family separation policy by implication, by implication that he was going to set up 
concentration camps that targeted millions of brown and black migrants and refugees. These white supremacist plans are part of a larger project to revoke birthright citizenship and invoke the Alien Enemies Act to imprison or deport, or worse, the Trump regime's perceived enemies and using the law more generally as a weapon to crush dissent and resistance. Last weekend on Veterans Day, Trump escalated his Nazi-style threats by declaring that his political enemies were, wait for the Hitler, vermin or human poison to be purged from the system. Uh, That came at a MAGA rally in New Hampshire. Uh, also, he posted that. Uh, I thought you said maggot. <laughs> maggot rally, now, 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 listen, folks. I am sitting. If you if you want a, a real quick idea of what it looked, what it felt like, and what it looked like to talk to one of the Germans that were responsible for the butchering of 10 million people in 1939 by putting Hitler in power. You see the guy with a Trump sign across the street? That's him. Those are the good Germans. Those are the fucking good Germans. You always wondered in 1939, what would happen? Would I do that? Well, trust me, that nice fellow over there, that fellow you go to church with, is why 10 million people got butchered. He's a fascist. If you have a Trump sign in front of your ball, you are a fascist. I might be a fascist. I'm on the way to being a fascist. Hey, fucking save the car fare, man. You are there. You're already there, yeah. You're already there. I I must absolutely share with you this thing. Now, this is George Orwell, who, you know, uh, wrote 1984. Uh, He is an amazing writer that prophesied a dystopian future. And he uh, was a newsman at the time of Adolf Hitler. And he wrote a review of Mein Kampf. And I want to read it to you. I want you to read this review. See if it strikes a similar chord. This is George Orwell in his review of Mein Kampf in 1936, I think. The initial personal cause of his grievance against the universe can only be guessed at, but at any rate, the grievance is here. He is the martyr. The victim, Prometheus chained to the rock, the self-sacrificing hero who fights single-handedly against impossible odds. If he were killing a mouse, he would know how to make it seem like a dragon. One feels, as with Napoleon, that he is fighting against destiny, that he can't win, and yet somehow he deserves to. The attraction of such a pose in is, of course, enormous. Half the films that one sees turn upon some such theme. Whereas socialism and even capitalism is a more grudging way have said to, in a more grudging way, have said to people, I offer you a good time. Hitler has said to them, I offer you struggle, danger, and death. And as a result, a whole nation flings itself at his feet. Perhaps later on, they will get sick of it, change their minds, as at the end of the last war. After a few years of slaughter and starvation, 
Greatest happiness of the greatest number is a good slogan, but at this moment, better an end with horror than a horror without end is a winner. Now that we are fighting against the man who coined it, we ought not to underrate his emotional appeal. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Trump. I agree. You could write it about Trump. Do your take, Randy. We haven't discussed the fact that when he was running for president, Malaria said this, he keeps the Hitler books by the bed and reads them every night. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was already indoctrinating himself. Trump, uh, uh, sorry, um, Hitler wrote Mein Kampf in the 20s when he was in prison for his failed uh, coup um, uh, in Munich. And he, um, the Beer Hall coup. So he was writing that from the point of view of, I am the victim, I am oppressed. I am, uh, I have been starving and I'm now in jail. And my struggle is my book. So, I mean, and when people read that, they go, yeah, okay, we'll help you. We'll help you. We'll lift you up. You are the victim. And and I guess he just appealed to that that side of them. It was written much earlier than 36. It was, I think it was written in the late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And it was was while he was in in prison. Because they didn't have TV. He was in prison. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I, uh, it, the the more I look at uh, uh, Trump, the more uh, I I see there there are no jokes in this episode. I didn't write any jokes this episode. Uh, Tom Hartman over at uh, at his thing came up with a uh, a comparison, and you know the similarities between Trump and Hitler are even more direct than that, Randy. Uh, This is what Hartman said, okay? This is just similarities between Trump and Hitler. Both tried to overthrow their governments by violence and failed. Hitler in a Bavarian beer hall and Trump on January 6th. Both then turned to legal means to seize control of their nations. Hitler's scapegoats were Jews, gays, and liberals. There are only two possibilities, he told the Munich crowd in 1922, either victory of the Aryan or annihilation of the Aryan and the victory of the Jew. He promised to get rid of communist vermin and take care of the enemy within Jews and migrants poisoning Aryan blood. Did he mention blood? I think he did. One people, one nation, one leader. Trump's scapegoats are blacks, Muslims, immigrants, and liberals. He said he will root out communists and radical left thugs that live like vermin. He would destroy the threat from within. Migrants are poisoning the blood of our country. And and that, I mean, he's fucking quoting him. He's quoting him. And that under Trump's leadership, America will become one people, one family, one glorious nation. He, uh, he goes on. Yeah, that's it's the Hitler song. That's the Hitler song, but and he goes on. Uh, Hartman goes on. He says Hitler called the press the Lucan press or lying press. Trump quoted Stalin yeah. calling our troop news agencies and reporters the enemy of the people. Both exploited religion and religious believers. Hitler proclaimed a new Christianity for Germany and encouraged fundamentalist factions between the Catholic and Protestant faith. 
every member of the German army got a belt buckle inscribed with the, the German phrase, Gott, uh, Gott mit uns, God is with us. Trump embraced right-wing Catholics and evangelical Protestants and, like German churches in 1933, has been lionized by their leaders. Hitler made alliances with autocrats. Trump disrespected NATO and made and tried to make alliances with murderous dictators in Saudi Arabia, uh, Russia, and even admiring North Korea. For Hitler, uh, both Hitler and Trump had an inciting interest uh, incident that became the touchstone for the rise to their illegitimate power. For Hitler, it was the burning of the Reichstag. For Trump, it was the claim that the 2020 election was stolen from him and the martyrdom of his supporters after their attempted coup on January 6th. Conservative elites in Germany, particularly Fritz Thyssen, Halmar Schacht and Gustav Krupp from Krupp Works were early supporters of Hitler as he promised to crush the German labor movement and cut their taxes without, and with Trump, without the support of right wing billionaires funding Cambridge Analytica and Trump's campaign, he would have never won the electoral college in 2016. Trump couldn't have risen to power without the support of the largest outlets of the American media. Well, Hitler couldn't have risen to power without the uh, support of the largest outlets in the German media. Some treated him as just another politician, normalizing his fascist rhetoric. Others openly support him. After his failed beer hall push, I, this amazed me, he was legally banned from public speaking in mass rallies, but in 1930, German media mogul Alfred Huckenberg, a right-wing billionaire, who owned two of the national newspapers and had considerable influence over radio, joined forces with Hitler and relentlessly promoted him, much, promoted him, much like the Murdoch Empire and 1,500 billionaire-owned right-wing radio stations across the country helped bring Trump to power uh-huh. in 2016 and still promote him to that. This is not just happenstance. He has taken Trump. Trump has taken Hitler's playbook. And he's running it. Yep. He's running yep. it. Yep. Uh, it's scary. It's scary because it's step by step. Yet all of his supporters is like, no, 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 no. No, no. Not at all. No, no, no. I mean, listen, uh, we've got to stop playing around with this guy. You should. There never should be a day in which the Democratic Party isn't punching the living shit out of him. Where are the ads? Where are those things that? Where are they right now? I want to know where they are. You start hitting him now, and you never stop hitting him. You never stop hitting him until he's down on the ground and politically dead. Then you burn his fucking ashes and you salt the goddamn ground because yeah. this guy will kill us all. Your exactly. view, Randy. <laughs> yeah. You've got to let uh, the attack dogs go. You're Kamala, Kamala Harris. Yeah. Uh, even Buttigieg, he can really cut to the quick when you let him go. You know, no, you've got to. You know, we've got to do something because, quite frankly, it's getting ridiculous now. We're two years in, and you still have uh, the possibility of an insane madman. Uh, becoming president of the United States. 
And I was told by an Australian the other day, and I've been looking around to disprove it, that he could actually run even if he's behind bars. Yeah. Because unless he's in a federal penitentiary for a federal crime, yeah. he can still run for president. Oh, absolutely. And the judge the other day, my God, they, they she ruled that the 14th Amendment, I forget which state, I think it was Michigan, she ruled that the 14th Amendment that said that basically if you've committed insurrection against the country, you can't run for office. Because of the wording of that amendment, she didn't think that the founding fathers meant the presidency. So evidently, you cannot run, run for any other office, but the presidency, it's vague. No, I kind of think that the people who wrote that law would uh, consider maybe not letting uh, insurrectionists run for the presidency when they're not allowed to run for any other office. But this was beyond this judge, who is, by the way, appointed by Obama. And she split that hair the other day. She split that hair and said, nah, you got to keep them on the ballot. You know why? Because she hasn't got the fucking balls. She hasn't, doesn't want, hey, I understand. She doesn't want to be, uh, you know, threatened. She doesn't want to have her family threatened. But somebody's going to have to uh, really stand up now. And yeah. we need we need a Judge Sirica. We need somebody to go in there and, like, fuck this, put this fucker in jail. And if any one of those turnip heads decide to take an AR-15 somewhere, you get the goddamn National Guard and you crush their ass. Thoughts? Sorry, and, that was a bit of a rant. No, no, that was a good rant. I like yeah. that rant. Yeah. I like that. Now, the 14th Amendment was actually about the Civil War. And what they were saying is nobody who fought on the for the Confederacy could run uh, for uh, political office in the North. Yeah. Uh, so that was what the four, that's why that part of, that was in the 14th Amendment. The fact that it mentioned, that it didn't mention the presidency specifically, that surprises me. Because yeah. I thought it, if you had fought for the Confederacy, uh, you could not run for office. I didn't think they kind of wanted Jefferson Davis to run for president after he was head oh. of the Confederacy. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting the entire intention of the law wrong, but I'm just an idiot with a podcast. Um, so anyway, no, this, you're be right. Yeah, it's, uh, I I I think you're right. We, yeah. We've got let's take a breath, and we've got 12 months because the next election uh, would have been last week, the first Tuesday in November, two weeks yeah. ago. Uh, uh, we've got 12 months to bury this man. Yeah. Listen, I uh, we're going to break. We'll dedicate part of each podcast from now on. Yeah, that. that's what we do it for. It, we don't do it for money, guys. We don't do it for money. We we, we, we love you all. We'd be, te we'd be tempted. We'd be tempted. <laughs> well, I keep saying I keep threatening to put up a Patreon thing, and uh, I haven't. But listen, guys, you got the, 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 we got to get it. It's time to saddle up. It's time to saddle up, man. And, uh, you know, as if, if you're going with Joe, go with Joe. You know, you make your decision now. Stop fuzzing around. Anyway, listen, uh, there's a great quote from a great movie that I am going to drop on you during our break. Uh, this is from Judgment at Nuremberg, and it's from the summation that uh, Spencer Tracy, uh, Spencer Tracy del yeah. delivers at the end. 
and the context, of course, is um, how a regular and, uh, and just regular, decent people can be corrupted so easily to become monsters. And uh, I guess this is not the funniest comedy show that you've ever listened to. It's not funny today, at least my part is. And, and we'll be back in just one moment. Yawning's record and his fate illuminate the most shattering truth that has emerged from this trial. If he and all of the other defendants had been degraded perverts, if all of the leaders of the Third Reich had been sadistic monsters and maniacs, then these events would have no more moral significance than an earthquake or any other natural catastrophe. But this trial has shown that under a national crisis, ordinary, even able and extraordinary men can delude themselves into the commission of crimes so vast and heinous that they beggar the imagination. No one who has sat through the trial can ever forget them. Men sterilized because of political belief, a mockery made of friendship and faith, the murder of children. How easily it can happen. There are those in our own country, too, who today speak of the protection of country, of survival. A decision must be made in the life of every nation at the very moment when the grasp of the enemy is at his throat. Then it seems that the only way to survive is to use the means of the enemy, to rest survival upon what is expedient, to look the other way. Well, the, the answer to that is survival is what? A country isn't a rock. It's not an extension of oneself. It's what it stands for. It's what it stands for when standing for something is the most difficult. Before the people of the world, let it now be noted that here in our decision, this is what we stand for. Justice, truth, and the value of a single human being Well, you're up, Randy. You're up. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll put on my sad face. I'll put on a sad face. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. It was no comedy today. It's, well, couldn't make certainly, it. it's a bit of a downer with the, uh, the, uh, the Hitler-Trump parallels. And I suppose for the next 12 months, it's going to be quite similar. So we'll have to find a few things to... Uh, uh, to uh, Inject a bit of humor. Uh, we'll, I, I'll, we'll make some fart jokes. We'll make twice the fart jokes oh, ne next episode. They have to be heard. They have to be heard, Bill. <laughs> you can't just sort of say fart. You have to actually hear the fart. Now, I will say to the, the one I said to you off air that um, uh, isn't it the great joke on humanity that now uh, computers are asking us to prove that we're not robots? <laughs> um, I thought that was a, a very, very crazy Thing. And when I thought about it, I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right. Two or three times a day, I have to answer the um, computer that you're not a robot. Tell the computer I'm not a robot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's a, okay. Yeah. Now, 
Today in Australia and tomorrow in the United States, it's the 22nd of November, 2023. I know. 60 years to go today, Sergeant Pepper. Oh, no, that's a different song. 60 years ago today, uh, the presidential, uh, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Uh, now, this uh, was the Pearl Harbor of my generation. I think you too, Bill, because oh. uh, even though you're... Yeah, I remember the funeral. I, I remember. Yeah, the funeral. Uh, yeah, and little little Johnny uh, saluting and all. Uh, the whole thing is still there, even though I was only 10. You would have been eight, nine, yeah. no, seven. Yeah. Anyway, I was, I was in the third grade. Fairview Elementary School, Galena, California. Now, 12 o'clock Houston time uh, and 1 o'clock Houston time when he was declared dead was 10 and 11 a.m. in California, which was morning recess. Now, I had been doing the pin board on the left side of the chalkboard for my turn at current events. Everybody got a turn uh, 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 for a week of current events. Now, I've been collecting clippings of uh, news from a little-known place called South Vietnam, yeah. where they had just had their president assassinated. Quote, right. on November 2nd, 1963, Gim, the president of South Vietnam, was arrested and assassinated after a successful CIA-backed coup d'etat led by General Durang Min. The coup uh, was the culmination of nine years of autocratic and nepotistic family rule in the country, which would have started, I guess, in 54 when the French left. So that had been uh, carried on. So it had been quite a uh, terrible time. But uh, does anybody see the parallels here um, and the irony? Now, I'm, I may not have been the most clairvoyant 10-year-old uh, on the block, but I was uh, putting up a story that was very similar to what was about to happen in the U.S., now, this was both, I think, this is personally now on reflection, the starting gun of America's involvement in the Vietnam War, 1963, and a hint at the conspiracy that the CIA orchestrated both presidential assassinations on behalf of the military-industrial complex, which is the, great, the greatest beneficiary of the Vietnam War. Now, our teacher came back from recess in tears, which completely blew us away. Teachers don't cry. Now, we were told to sit quietly, which we did. We were shocked. After lunch, we were sent home. This is a Thursday. My mother was in tears, but mothers cry all the time, So, and my mother especially. So uh, this was not uh, anything special. But she had probably one of the only red-bannered extra extra editions of the Santa Barbara News Press that I can remember, with a picture of both Kennedy and Johnson on the front, making me think that he had died too. We still had school the next day, the Friday, right. but we didn't get anything done. I gave the oral presentation of my current event, but I don't think anybody understood or cared. Or I probably didn't pronounce the, pronounce the words any better than I do now. Now, what really pissed me off, yeah. and a 10-year-old can get pissed off, was at the ice hockey game my father and I had tickets to on the weekend in L.A., uh, which we've been planning to go to for weeks, was canceled out of respect. I didn't understand that at all. Now, I think everyone remembers the pink Chanel suit uh, with the pillbox hat, 
and the blood on the skirt from where Jackie cradled his head on the rush to the hospital. I don't reckon they sold many more of that design, but it was the same one that was remodeled by Marge Simpson, right down to the hat, stuck way on top of the blue hair. Now, that was also a great what if moment. And this is what I'd like you and I to discuss later. What if Kennedy had not been killed? Would the US have gone to Vietnam? Now he was a veteran of the Pacific. I don't think, I think he would have resisted uh, the escalating war. Uh, he did. Uh, he he did resist the yeah, escalate. Yeah. I I am sure. And he Kennedy, didn't trust the military. I'm sure Kennedy would have been president until 1968. I think he would have won again in '64 because yep. he was his popularity was rising. Uh, I Johnson may have succeeded him instead of Nixon and gone until '76, or Robert. Yeah. who was uh, going to run for president um, in 68. Of course, he, he, he spoke in, in Santa Barbara and drove down to L.A. and was shot there. So yeah. uh, in Santa Barbara, my friends were the last to see him before he died. Now, um, but I was already in Australia. Uh, no, I mean, I, I wasn't there, so I, I, I didn't see him. But I think Bobby Kennedy instead of Johnson would have gone all the way till 76. Do you think Carter the yeah. Southern Democrat. It would have would, been right. And we would have had it, we would have had 20 years of Democrats from 60 to 80. That's correct. And you know, I it, mean, the, the, what, what you're saying used to be the province of uh, hey, you're crazy. Uh not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, uh, if you look at the um uh JFK revisited the Oliver Stone documentary, uh uh, yeah. narrated by Whoopi Goldberg and Donna Sutherland. Um, you may have your problems with Oliver Stone, but you can't have your problems with things that just aren't right. And I have always said, it, it, from the beginning, it, there's a reason it didn't sit well, because it was a conspiracy. And what, yeah. it, what it really points to now is that the, the CIA and the mob were already involved they had already been working together hand in glove in a series of assassinations around the world, not just Cuba. Uh, the, the, the ties between those and both these institutions had very big motivations to, to get rid of Kennedy. And I don't think the mob ordered it. I think that you're on the inside, you're looking at Alan Dulles, who was head of the CIA. And who pushed the Bay of Pigs uh, on Kennedy. And uh, when Kennedy was embarrassed in front of the entire world after the Bay of Pigs, he said he was going to he was going to smash the CIA into splinters and throw it to the wind. So he offended a whole lot of people, uh, not least, you know, Giancana and you know, half the mob. Yeah. He didn't pay back uh, his father's uh, uh, contacts in the mob for throwing him Illinois during the election. So and, Bob, and Bobby too. They hated Bobby too. And, oh, and they hated Trump. Bobby, but because yeah. Bobby, Bobby wasn't going to be, uh, you know, he wasn't going to be reined in by anyone. And um, my my thing is is that it's it's quite obvious now. There's a great podcast right now that Rob Reiner's doing, 
And this is uh, really based on new information that has been recovered uh, from, uh, you know, from the uh, Freedom of Information requests. And a lot of the new information points directly to the fact that evidence was lost. Uh, autopsy photos were phonied. Uh, there was a conspiracy within the government to, if, if not directly involved with the conspiracy, to cover up uh, any possibility of conspiracy. Well, and, I, I, also, I think Kennedy, uh, I think the civil rights uh, laws that he had already started that weren't brought in until much later by Johnson, I think they would have been stronger under Kennedy yes. yeah. and, his, and his brother. Um, and could you also imagine the 1960s, the yes. late 1960s, without the Vietnam War? Without the Vietnam War. Wow. Right. And the truth is, you know, one of the wow, things that... that one of the things that Kennedy had an advantage of, and I'm, I'm literally, uh, there's a wonderful book called An Unfinished Life that I'm reading right now uh, by oh, Robert wow. Dalek, and it's about Kennedy. And one of the things that uh, Kennedy um, had on his side that other presidents that have been in this country have not had, as in Bush had never left the country before he was president, uh, uh, JFK's dad... Uh, was uh, he was ambassador in, in London? Ambassador in London, and uh, to train him to be a leader because the dad was training his kids. He actually traveled uh, the uh, the Far East. He, he looked at colonial rule in Vietnam at the time the French were there, so he yeah. knew that the problems the French were having. Because you know, and and he was always very very cautious uh, about uh, getting involved in a colonial war, but yet you know, so much so that the Republicans kept calling him a pacifist, and that's why he had to butch up about the missile gap and everything like that. But the truth was, he was a very cerebral guy, hmm. and he could read the writing on the wall, and he'd already been stiffed by the CIA and the military before. The, if we followed the military into uh, into Cuba, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. And that that's all the military wanted to do was to go into Cuba. They didn't know that a, a few of those missiles were actually operational, and that was revealed yeah. to McNamara by Fidel Castro uh, in a meeting that they had before he died. So that military would have ended the world. Would have ended the world. Curtis LeMay and a bunch of those fuckers could not wait. Oh, Curtis LeMay. He wanted to. He wanted to bomb. Uh, oh, the he's a war criminal. In North Vietnam and South Vietnam with atomic weapons. With atomic so weapons. A radioactive slag, so that the the Viet Cong could not enter the South. That's correct. Uh, he wanted to do the same thing in between North and South Korea. Yeah. Ten years earlier. Yeah. And I mean that guy, Curtis Curtis Lemay. It was an insane maniac. And he was a madman. The only reason, so Kennedy had a history of the military stiffing him, and thank God he didn't listen to them, and he had a history with the CIA and Dulles fucking him. And so it's not just the fact that he was smart enough. He distrusted what they told him, and he had a good reason to. Yeah. 
And these people knew that Kennedy had their number and they had more than enough motive to want to kill him and put a Texan in the White House who is more conservative and who yeah, would keep up the Southern, Vietnam uh, Southern Democrat. Uh, Absolutely. Invariably, uh, Southern Democrats are a lot uh, uh, more conservative. Um, so, yeah, what if, what if? Um, another thing is... Um, what are some of the other Pearl Harbor moments for generations since? I mean, you and I, you and I had uh, Kennedy. Uh, obviously, um, the moon landing in '69 may have been one for some. Uh, that was a moment, wasn't it? Young, younger than us. I remember. Um, it was with my dad and my mom. We were sitting on a sofa watching the moon landing together. I got up in the uh, yeah. They had to get up in the middle of the night down here to watch it. Yeah, I know. Um, and it was actually broadcast through uh, Parks, uh, New South Wales. Uh, yeah, uh, the moon landing, I guess, would have been a um, a Pearl Harbor moment for some of the younger ones. Um, I think 9-11. Is well, that, I was going to say that's 9-11 for us boomers as well. Is as everybody, Pearl Harbor you know, who went through that was a Pearl Harbor moment. And it did. It changed the world in an instant. Uh, I don't know. Anybody else? Do you have any others you might think of since 9-11 that would have been a... No, a I, well, I think coming up, probably the decision whether America is going to continue as a as a representative democracy of any scale. You know, really, I mean, seriously, uh, the, the first part of this thing, I'm not kidding, man. I uh, you, you should be freaked out. You should be running scared. And I not, am freaked out, but I live it, in Australia, thank Christ. Yeah, well, yeah, you're freaked out. I'm freaked out. But when you look at, um, you look at the possibilities here, uh, that it, 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 it is, it is only 12 months and America will make its decision. And, uh, the rest of us don't kind of trust you. <laughs> we think, we think you might be drinking. <laughs> so, you know, stay, stay sober. <laughs> well, listen, man, thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, memory of uh, JFK. Well, and, I, I felt it was important. I, I I wrote it down because I wanted to write down what I remember while I while, while why I still you still remember memory. anything. <laughs> That's right. We old people we start writing shit down. It's a, it's not only so we remember it. It's like uh, you know just to leave shit behind so that we you know somebody will remember we were here. <laughs> and it's social media. I did write that. I did write that. For my uh, 200 American friends uh, that I share social yeah. media, because they're yeah. they're all of the same. We're all uh, of the same. We're all of that same time. Hey, listen, we're going to be back next week. Uh, maybe we not. Will, we, we, we'll we'll no, no, be no, back we, next no, month. Look, look at me in the eye. Look at me. Look at me. Look. Look at yeah. me. Look at me. You're not looking. Yeah. Oh yes, look. you are. You're at the monitor. You will be here next week, and we will do another show. <laughs> Well, we certainly will. We'll be very, we'll be very uh, prompt and uh, we'll be on top of things. Listen, thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, we, we've had a lovely time. And thank you, Randy, once again for uh, uh, the time that you spend with me. I really do appreciate it. Three.
Yeah.